Well, it was the second one, and I'm a little nervous still, but uh, I'll work it out. You're nervous? But it's just well, I've me. I've never done this, you know. I've just never. You're done Tony this Orlando. You sang before. I'm not Tony Orlando. <laughs> that's not what you told the. Or that's yeah. not what Tony told that guy at the uh, in that, Jersey, right? That's right. But uh, you were great was, last night. Yeah, you were great last night. Yeah. Because you're Tony. Yeah. Well, you know, we were uh, just goofing around. I guess Tony was goofing around with them. You know, we do have we, we resemble each other a little bit. You know, we have some of the same features. So, you know. Frugality? Is that one of the features? No. Oh, okay. No. Marvin, we're rolling. Okie dokie. So here we are. Our second episode of Ask the Old Man with Uncle Marvin. And uh, all you two listeners or watchers and um, Austin, I'm very pleased to have you here today as a special guest. Austin Alvarez, he um, wears many hats here at Sticky Paw Studios. Well, it's really just this hat, but for real. Well, you, I've seen you change hats before. <laughs> um, you have your own podcast. I do. It's called uh, uh, Bizarre Junkies, right? Right. And very successful show. Thank you. And I would like to know, well, for, let me back up a little bit. The, the purpose of this show is unlike most podcasts where the host has guests on and uh, the guests usually sit and the host asks them questions, this has got a little twist to it. I bring on my guests and they ask me questions, okay? I've lived a very colorful life. And um, listen, you can like what I say. You don't have to like what I say, but I would like your responses anyway. You know, you can email me. You can do whatever you need, but I would like your responses. Getting back to you, Austin, tell me how you got started. How did you build such a great response on your podcasting? And tell us about your show a little bit. So I am the host of the Bizarre Junkies podcast. It is a podcast. It is a live stream. It's a documentary series. It's a, it's a bunch of different things. Uh, the way I got it so popular is I had five failed podcasts beforehand. So this is not my first trip around the block. I would say one of them was semi-successful with our man George back there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I started editing professionally in 2020. I started the channel. It was originally called The Truly Bizarre. I started with my late, our late friend, Christian Bosch. Uh, and we were just doing videos about things we found creepy. So mm-hmm. Bigfoot, all that kind of stuff. Then last year, I started doing it again. And I wanted a podcast companion to it. So I decided to rebrand as Bizarre Junkies to fit under the Podcast Junkies Network. I started that in December. Mm-hmm. What made it so popular was the content. So we had a crime scene cleaner on. We've had a retired U, uh, United States Air Force captain. We've had a Sasquatch researcher on. And I always try to make sure that we allow them to just, as we say, as the young kids, because, you know, you get the old eyes here. Mm-hmm. I, we, George and I would say, let them cook. Let them cook. Let them cook. Yeah. Let's already cook. Okay. Yeah, let Sartain <laughs> cook. And sure enough, it, it worked. Uh, really what's helped is consistency, 
making sure that you're putting out content, making sure that you're not putting out bad content because you can put out bad content. You can put out stuff that nobody cares to watch. And it's also about understanding your analytics and understanding what your audience gravitates towards. So that's really it. Like it's when people ask me what I've done differently than other shows, I've done nothing different. Mm-hmm. It's just about so, keeping so how, it How long are you doing it? So this show I've been doing since December. December. Yeah. And how long have you been doing podcasts? I started my first ever podcast in 2018. 2018. Correct. So you're doing it for a while, five years. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm impressed already. <laughs> Marvin, I feel like you. I feel like we've talked about that. Did you not know that? No, I didn't realize. It's not that my first. Done, uh... No, I, I didn't realize. I, listen, first of all, I think when I said you wear a couple of hats, you also engineer here at, at Sticky Paws. You also do editing here at Sticky. I mean, you you wear many different hats here. And you do do a phenomenal job, us, and I must say. Well, thank you, Marvin. I appreciate you, know, you telling me that. And as CFO, my hand shakes when I have to write your check. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> that's just because we're going to add a couple more zeros to it. Right, George? Oh, that's the plan, bro. <laughs> on, the other, on the other side. Yeah, know. yeah. It's going to be three numbers dot zero, 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 zero. And that's where my zeros come in. That's where we're in the money now is those extra zeros. So... Getting back to the premise of my show, ask me a question. What do you want to know? All right, Marvin. So somebody like George and I, who is who we're young, you know, we're in our mid-20s. We have had access to the internet basically our entire lives. Mm-hmm. We have access to every ounce of information possible for the most part. Pretty, pretty easily accessible. For somebody like you who's lived through so much. What would you tell somebody like me at my age that perhaps I may not pick up on by just going on the internet and researching topics? Well, when you say, what would I tell somebody of your caliber, in, in what area? What do you want? In, For, so let's just say just in life, because there's really no book to life. There's no book to life. Right. I think we're all capable right. and one day at a time. saying that. Okay. One day at a time. You wake up in the morning, get up, do what you got to do, and then go to work and make sure you like what you're doing and have a passion for it. And once you have that, the rest of it is just gravy. You'll, if you work hard at what you're doing, which I see that you do, I mean, you're here every single day. And I see you going back and forth in the hall and running one studio and then the other studio. That's just ADHD, Marvin, but thank you. Say what? <laughs> That's just my ADHD kicking oh, in, but thank well, you. I appreciate listen, that. No, you, I, 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 everybody in this place at Sticky Paws does a phenomenal job. But you, uh, because you have such a successful uh, podcast, I mean... And, and other members of our group, our family, also have an up-and-coming podcast that are doing terrific, right? So we, as an LLC, as a corporation, okay, love to give you young guys the opportunity not to expand only at your vocation, but also expand on your passions. 
So hence, we we love having you guys doing your own po- podcasts. So basically, you young guys should be... Now, I just learned something new from a young guy. Which was? Which was you told me how the success of your podcast show, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to what you're saying, and I hope I can achieve the level of where you're at with, with this show, you know? And like I said last week, you know, my first show, I said, listen, if this show doesn't make it, it's not my fault. It's John's fault. Well, it's actually George's fault. He's your producer, well, but... No, it's John's <laughs> fault because he's, he recommended I do my own show. Right, right. So, you know, but having said that, uh, hopefully, you know, the show does well and... Uh, and, uh, you know, it goes on. What do you think about Sticky Paws? So a little bit of background on me to, to get to where we're at. I've worked plenty of dead-end jobs. I've worked plenty of places where I was not happy, where I was on antidepressants, on anti-anxiety medication. Uh, when I started here, even though it was a high-stress job in the beginning, I was able to, to slowly take myself off antidepressants after oh, like a great. month. So working here has been... A dream come true because when I was working my last job, I was still editing professionally on the side. And I was like, man, I would love to create content and edit professionally full time. And it just, it literally within one day, it all changed. No kidding. From my old job, got let go, to texting Travis, to being in here 20 minutes later, meeting with him and John, to the very next day I was working here. That's wonderful. Um Sticky Paws is, I would say we're different, and I may be biased, and George will tell me that I'm biased, but I feel we are the authority in Vegas when it comes to podcasting. We offer so much for so many different shows that aren't just podcasting. We have shows that are just live streams. We have shows that are borderline TV shows. We have shows that are like mine that are basically documentaries, excuse me, where we film Everything from voiceover to talking head to out in the field to, you know, we'll generate entire shot lists. You don't normally do that for a podcast. Normally a podcast is this. You have two people sit down. Right. You have a couple of cameras. You cut back and forth. But the core group of us here have been able to adapt and take each one of us has a skill we're able to bring that allows Sticky Paws to just be, I would say larger than life. Like we're only realistically, I think what there's George, there's what six of us. Uh, yeah. Six of us on, on actual payroll. And I mean, and arguably the six of us are able to take it and make it basically, I, you know, and I say this just as an example, like ESPN level mm-hmm. to the point where we can become the authority in certain topics, certain niches, certain aspects. And podcasting is one of those aspects that we, I feel we're, a true authority in and that's because of sticky paws well i'm glad it makes me happy that that your attitude uh, hopefully reflects the rest of the guys' attitudes and gals and and uh this is the environment that john and i actually have tried to put together and this is exactly the kind of i've been in a lot of different businesses and in my my uh, premise has always been you need to have the secret to any business is the people you have working with you. Right. That's the secret to any business. And if you have one congenial attitude amongst maybe not everybody, but for the most part, 
you have a successful business, Ronnie, you know, and that's what we're trying to do here. And hopefully we're achieving that. You know? I would say so. I mean, I you know, George and I have both had big boy jobs, as I like to call it. And I feel like we get to have the most amount of fun here. Mm -hmm. Not to not to throw ourselves under the bus, but there was a, I want to say like two months ago, there was a Friday where we were like, we're all kind of caught up. There's no shows. We literally played video games for 10 That's minutes good. in the back. And we were like, what? I mean, yeah, sure. I worked in the games industry, but you have. Wait, wait. Let me write that down so yeah, I can go dock ahead. you guys. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Dock <laughs> us. And then you'll then we'll start reflecting that. We'll start working as a fair market value employee. <laughs> what else? So as somebody who has been in so many different fields, what is the most bulletproof way to continue to advance in a career. I would like to consider this a career now at this point. Well, the key word there is bulletproof. Right. Because uh, that, you could you could throw a bunch of things at the wall and hope they stick. But, yeah. you know, you're what, 60 years old now? The 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're on, 60. On one leg. On the other leg, <laughs> add another uh, 20 on. Sure, sure. So you're, but you've had a ton of businesses. You've had a ton of jobs. You've, I never worked. You know what? You've always been an entrepreneur? I've I've never signed. Well, maybe I shouldn't say never. Very seldom have I ever signed the back of a check. It's always been signing it's the check. It's always been the front of a check. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, like you have a passion for podcasting, electronics, and all that. My passion is just business. It doesn't matter what kind of business. I, I love analyzing businesses. I love running them. I love starting them. I love selling them when I need to. But I usually last in the business. I, I look for longevity. Right, which is a good thing. Than, rather than just in and out. Quick know, profit. Quick profit. It's not about the money. It's really not about Money is a barometer of how bad or how good you're doing. It's a barometer, okay? If your standard of living goes up and you're not making enough to support that standard of living, you ain't doing too good. But reverse that, you're doing great and maybe your standard of living should go up a little higher. But like I said, it, it, it's a journey. It's It's not... It's not a ladder. It's not where you get to the top and that's it. You just keep going and going and going. And uh, it's bulletproof. Wow. I don't think there is such a thing as a bulletproof position. Or Maybe not a position, but a method of just... Because let's, let's say, God forbid, you know, knock on wood here, sticky paws doesn't work out. I don't end up doing this anymore. I go work for, we'll just say, UFC as an editor. Yeah. What's some what's like a, a method I could use to just always make sure that like I have the best foot forward in advancing my career? Okay, keep this in mind. Okay. One door closes, another door opens. And always the door that's opening is always usually for the better. Okay? So that's what I found all my life. I've been up and down and over and out. Let me tell you, many, many times, Mr. Sinatra. Okay? So, yeah, just 
one door closes, another door opens, and it's always been for the better. And that's, I, I really think if you have that attitude, never make, never be afraid to make a change in your life. But think about deeply what your change, how it'll affect you. Okay? So, I mean, if things didn't work out here, you know, there's a reason. And usually the reason is two ways. Not just from you, could be from the other party also. So, just not work. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Don't take life too seriously. Take your, take your, take your passion and your vocation seriously. But don't take life too seriously. You know, you just roll with the punches. It's, it all works out in the end. I hope I, did that answer your question? No, yeah, no, that's a, it's a different answer than I was anticipating, but that's a good thing. Made me, made me think more about and evaluate what oh, I had asked and good, what I'm good. applying that to. So I feel yeah. like that was a better answer to give. No, I may be totally wrong. Of course. But I'm giving you... Tomorrow I could end up homeless and broken. And I could exactly. be like, Marvin told me yeah. <laughs> to not take life seriously, so I put it all on black. I put it all on Lamar Jackson I, to win MVP. I tell you what, I'll buy it a tarp for the... <laughs> <laughs> but then, but on a loan, right? I'll charge you interest. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's... It's my experiences from my life. That's the only thing I can go by, okay? And you know, I, you know my history, right? You've you've you slowly give me crumbs here and there. I feel like I have to like, well, I'm, each day like poke and prod and be like, Marvin, what about this? Yeah, well, you're a young kid, but uh, you knew what the Holocaust was, right? Yep. Okay, so I am the last generation of the Holocaust survivors, okay? I was born in 1944, right before the end of the war. And I was in in the concentration camp. And uh, so my life, I'll never go back to that. That right. was the worst part of it. From there, it's all gravy. So, you know, it's, it'll, it'll all work out. For everybody, what else you got? So because you were alive so long ago, in, mm -hmm. in history, I would say, not just in years, do you think that racism today is equivalent to what you saw growing up in the 60s, the 50s? When you say racism, anybody particular? Is just in general, because general. now it feels like it's always it's just everybody's against everybody at this point. It's it, always been like that. Okay, so for example, do you think it's gotten worse since then, or do you think it's just more amplified because of the fact that we have <sighs> instant access to all this knowledge? I think it's become much more politicized. Okay. I think the racism hasn't changed. I mean... You know, listen. I'm 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 of the I'm a Jewish person, right? And I've seen my own people against me, racism, right, against Jews. And um, you live with it. There's no reason for it, you know. 
My skin, my my blood is just as red as your blood or anybody else's blood. Your yours might be a little more syrupy than mine, though. Uh, because I eat better. I don't know about no. I'm just saying. I don't know. The the cigarettes might not help with that. No, that's not. (laughs) But yeah, and and so racism has always been since beginning of man. You know, Cain killed Abel. Right, there was got to be some racism in there because there was a rivalry between those two brothers. Right. So how many thousands of years are we going back? So uh, I wish it wasn't this way. I really truly wish it wasn't this way. I'm a big believer what Martin Luther King said, you know, don't judge a person by the color of his skin, but by the character. Um, true. I feel it's true, yeah. True, you know. Um, listen, my my father... We had a business in the Bronx. Uh, the area was called Fort Apache, which was a terrible neighborhood. And we had a liquor store. And my father, in 1973, was shot and killed in that liquor store by three black people, three black kids. Do I want to hold the entire black nation responsible for those idiots? You can't. You can't. You know, that's my view on that. You know, it's it's silly. It's silly. Well, uh, let's let's. Um, okay, I'm a rapid fire here. Change up the pace. Okay, uh, when the microwave came out, go through that. How fucking big was the microwave when it came out? How big was it? Like how big was it? Like in terms of popularity. Size, obviously, because microwaves were probably a lot bigger. But I don't know. Take us through that time. Did did you have a microwave when they first came out? I did not. Uh, we bought a microwave much later on, and that microwave exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and it started a fire. And, and it burned and down it my took, liquor business. It, took down the, it almost took down the entire kitchen. God, wait, so what were you, Hot Pockets? Or what was it back nothing. then? Nothing. We had nothing on. I mean, we, <laughs> it just exploded it on its own. It just exploded. <laughs> it blew out the glass out of the front 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 door of the uh, microwave, and the thing just caught fire. We had to call the fire department. Burnt the, we had linoleum at the time. It was burnt out the linoleum on the floor. It was ridiculous. I, was, I said, we're not using any more microwaves. Marvin got the IED version at Sears. Yeah, I know, man. That's uh, and this goes back to the '60s, I believe. Did you miss the product recall? <laughs> Recalls didn't exist then; they just had to deal with it. Oh yeah, what like what what? Walk me through the first time you got a recall for oh uh, seatbelts. You had, you got to go through like when people had to f- fucking finally start wearing seatbelts. Were you like one of those people who were like, you can't tell me not to wear a seatbelt? I don't wear a seatbelt to this day. <laughs> he will not be held down, George. I do not wear a seatbelt. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I shouldn't say this on the show, but, you know, I'm a private pilot, you know, and when I go, when I fly an airplane, I don't wear a seatbelt. <laughs> I feel like when at I, that rate, if you're going to crash, you're going to die. That's like the ultimate roller coaster. 
Well, you know, and I, I fly these small planes, you know, four-seaters, single-engine propellers, and I don't wear a seatbelt up there. Yeah, no, I mean, well, you're the captain. You're That's the captain. right. You and, you know, it. the smoking lamp is on. <laughs> dude, you so, op, do you open up the window how, going how, 80 miles? How, I do, dude. How 80, different? 150 miles an hour. Yeah, like how cool is it to smoke a cigarette like uh, like while you're flying? Like I love it. I smoke a cigar. Oh, wow. <laughs> he said we're flying. We could die at any moment. Let's go out and style. Turn an autopilot. <laughs> Just cruise. My, push, but my, no microwaves on the plane, right? No. Push my seat back. Light a cigar. Sit back and relax. Have my headphones on and just listen. That's good. Uh, one more, or my last rapid fire for you here. Um, walk me through like sporting events and like how much bigger sporting events are now than they were back then. You know, you just, you, you got on a topic that is my weakest part. I, I do not follow sports at all. Never went to a Yankee game growing up? I went to one. We were standing on the Jerome Avenue subway platform with a pair of binoculars <laughs> and a portable radio, <laughs> and I never had to pay at Yankee Stadium, 161st Street in Jerome Avenue. That's the most entrepreneurial thing I've heard. It, it overlooked Yankee Stadium right on the infield there and with binoculars and a portable radio. That's baller. <laughs> That's He's not giving the Yankees his money. Are you kidding me? It was three seventy-five to get in. Three dollars and seventy-five cents to get in. Like, we didn't have the money. We didn't have the money. <laughs> we didn't have the money. Now, speaking of money, did you ever tell George what you told me yesterday about counterfeit ET merchandise? Oh, <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get me into trouble. We can edit this. It's fine. <laughs> With who? Steven Spielberg. He's as old as you. He's not we gonna. We were talking about T-shirts yesterday. And how about Austin the merchandise? Wants, yeah, yeah. Austin wants to put in his own line of merchandise, and which is a terrific idea. And I told him, I was in the business for a little while. I used to do flea markets, and I, when ET was out, I made up these counterfeit ET phone home T-shirts. <laughs> they were all black with white imprinting. Okay. With the finger. Oh my God. ET phone home. And I sold a ton of them. Wait, that's illegal? Yeah, because you, yeah. you don't own the license. You're not licensed, course. right. You're not licensed for it. You're not licensed for fucking being creative? <laughs> well, because it's it was owned well, by Universal. Right. Hey, you chose the right place. Flea markets, have they've always been a thing, right? Flea yeah. markets oh. are undefeated with being like Absolutely. the place that people should go. Right. If you're ever unemployed... Find something you can sell at a flea market. You'll make money. <laughs> we have a friend who does that. We have a friend. But so tell George your, your margin on that. Because <laughs> you told me the margin, and it was like, what? T-shirts, well, depending on what what quality T-shirt you bought, 50-50, 50% polyester, 50% cotton, was more money than 100% cotton. But the 100% cotton are made very flimsy. So I bought the 100% cotton. <laughs> they cost me $2. And I sold them for six, seven, eight dollars. Wow. Yeah, no, that's. And that's I had from every size you could think of, from, from kid sizes all the way up to triple X. Um, I just have another one now. Uh, <laughs> like, people say that women in America are becoming like super plastic. Like, they're, you know, 
fake boobs, fake butt, fake lips, extra everything. Do you like think the natural look was better or do you think the girls these days are so hot like you just you couldn't imagine girls being that pretty? <sighs> He's married, George. Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, but you can still look. Correct. <laughs> that's that's the old man tip of the day yeah. right there. You can still look. You may not be able to touch, but you can you can still look. <laughs> um, I don't particularly like today's young girls with their fake breasts and fake asses, and you know, it makes them fake. I didn't also like, you know, I mean, women, let's face it, in my generation, first of all, we got young, we got married at a very young age. I was married at age 21, mm. okay? I had two kids by age 23, but that was very common in those years, you know, in the 60s. Well, your life expectancy was like 30 then. Well, no, your <laughs> life expectancy was only in the 60s. So in the, in the 1960s, early 60s, you know, we got married at very young ages. We had kids, and we had jobs that weren't paying very much. And, uh, you know, they were natural. But after they had, the women had kids, you know what happens to women after they get kids? It's, you know, drooping here and drooping there. And, you know, it's, uh, do they look great today? Do they look great when you're looking at them? Absolutely. That's about it, though. They just look good. They look like dolls. Yeah, does that, like, creep you out, or? It it makes me look. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, no, no, no. No more further questioning. I uh, passed my. Are you retired? Uh, you reserve your, your, your spot. I reserve my time to you, Austin. Okay, so I have one last question. As somebody who's an entrepreneur, also as somebody who's lived through a ton. I have often heard that when you're investing, just in general, the first $100,000 should be invested into yourself, learning new skills, you know, stuff like, they always say like, the first 100,000 you should invest in is yourself to make sure that you are able to be investing in properties and in businesses and stuff like that. How do you feel about that statement? And then what should be my investment portfolio going forward? What what are you investing yourself in? Education? Education, skills, uh, learning. Like, so for me, for example, it'd be like getting cameras, getting, paying for courses to learn how to edit better, learning how to do. Well, when you're buying cameras, have you only buying equipment that is part of your vocation? Right. So, of course, you need to invest in that. Uh, I don't know about that $100,000 mark, you know. Right. Um, I would invest as much as you need. You know, when we opened up Sticky Paws, John came to me and said, here, here's what we need. We made up a budget of what we needed, and we bought everything we needed. And then as you go along and some income starts coming in, you buy more equipment. Always reinvest in yourself. Always. Don't be afraid. As far as a portfolio is concerned, I wouldn't concern yourself with a portfolio until you start making some money. Right. You know, where you're comfortable in paying all your bills, uh, budget yourself, 
And then always, always put money away. Oh, you never know when you're going to have a rainy day and you're going to need the money. And um, I, I wish I could have followed my own advice that I'm giving you right now in my growing up years. But I learned that, like, I didn't start making money until I was in my mid to late 50s. Okay? All the rest of that time before was my learning years, my experience years, and my uh, trial and error years until I found out what I'd been doing wrong and everything I was doing wrong, I tried to change to do right, and it worked, and I started to make money. So, yeah, always reinvest in yourself, always. And as far as investment is concerned, it depends on what it is, you know. You have to really do a portfolio and see what, you know, profit and loss and all that stuff. There's a whole bunch that goes into it, you know. But once again, I, I just invest in yourself. That's the advice I give is just nobody's going to invest in you except yourself. So, and you're a smart kid. I would put a lot of money into you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, any other questions? No, Marvin. That was it. You answered everything for me. I did? Yeah. All right. So, I can give you a, a bill? Sure. Yeah. I'll forward <laughs> it to George. Actually, I'll just send it back and be like, hey, this is a sticky pause, you know, pay, pay to the order of That's sticky a, pause, buy go. sticky pause. Right. right. Well, folks, it uh, looks like we're wrapping up another episode of uh, Ask the Old Man, uh, Uncle Marvin. And uh, George, thanks for again, once again, producing the show. Absolutely, yes. Thank you and for shouting out the. Thank you, and Austin, thank you so here. much for showing up today. Thank you for having me. Um, anybody out there, from what I understand from George, uh, will be having an email address. George. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you check the show notes, you can email your questions to ask an old man down below. Email in those questions. We'll ask them to Marvin on the show. Plan on doing live streams uh, in the future. Maybe like a like we will pick a, a day out and make it like a big event of it. But other than that, uh, we hope that you all have been enjoying the clips. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. And I'll toss it back to you, Uncle Marvin, to close Thank, it out. Thank you, George. So we'll see you next week. And uh, we're going to have uh, additional interesting guests like we like austin and george and uh thank you thanks so much see you next week ask the old man 